0: You've heard our kids uh, read the scripture to you this morning. So what a joy it is now for me to get to bring the message. Uh, Kate is letting me preach this year. This may be the last Children's Sabbath Sunday that I get to preach. Um, Mary Hannah Pretty much preached a sermon this morning, so I might not have much left to say after that. But it is, it is a joy to be with you, be back with you. I missed, uh, I missed not being here with you last Sunday. I'm so thankful to our amazing laity. And we're, we're going to talk a little bit about that, how great our laity are in just a second. But I'm thankful uh, to Jay Siakko especially for bringing last week's message. So uh, what a joy it is to be back with you now, worshiping this time. My mommy used to always have a saying that I, that I think is true. She used to always say, the Lord looks after fools and children. And uh, I put that saying to the test uh, throughout a lot of my life because I have done in my life a fair amount of really stupid things. I've got a lot of accumulated scars throughout my life from the dumb things that I've done. Um, Right now I say, you know, my philosophy is I'm not going to the doctor because you don't go to the doctor, you don't know you're sick. Probably not the best philosophy, I'd say. The, one of the dumbest things I ever did was uh, when I was in, in, in college, probably shouldn't tell this story. They might rescind my degree from Mississippi College, but i tell you this. Um, I, was in a, I was in an advanced chemistry class um, in part of chemistry. Uh, after you finish a lab, as you clean up your station, you clean up all the tools that you've used. You use the distilled water, clean it all up, so on and so forth. There was a certain type of filter that we use, um, in, in, in this class for filtration, it, it was—you'd um, put the, the 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 filter in there, and you would you would basically attach the, the funnel to the water source and turn the water on, and doing that would give it an increased pressure. You really could, you could filter out a lot of stuff. It's called a Büchner funnel. Um, basically, it, just, it, it gave you almost like a vacuum type of seal when you would filter with it. It was a very, very powerful uh, suction uh, filter situation. So me and my roommate were cleaning up the lab and, and cleaning everything out, and we were, we were being stupid and playing with the Büchner funnel, like, stick to your hand, like, oh, look how it sticks, look how it sticks, ah, isn't this funny? And my roommate said, hey— wonder what would happen if you would stick the Butener funnel to your face. I thought, I don't know. Let's find out. So we stuck the Butener funnel to my face. Just stuck it right on there. And, and it wouldn't come off. And like we're pulling on it. And it's not coming off. And, and, and it's stuck on there. And so the only way we could get the Butener funnel off my face was to cut the water pressure off. And then it would come off. And then when, they, when we finished um doing that stupidity, I had this huge, huge circle on my face where the beautiful funnel just sucked right there, right there on smack dab in the middle of my face. And that, in and of itself, is pretty stupid. I think we all agree with that. But here's the best part about my stupidity, is uh, at Mississippi College, part of what you had to do in your last semester as a chemistry graduate which you had to do a class called senior seminar. Senior seminar is basically you had you had to do a, a, a lecture, you had to basically teach a class to both uh, your, the college, to both the chemistry body, the, the kid, the people majoring in chemistry, as well as all the, the chemistry faculty. And they would then ask you questions about your, your presentation. And my senior seminar was about two weeks out from the day that I stuck the Butner funnel to my face. And I could see myself rolling into class to teach my senior seminar and having the faculty ask me why there was a huge red mark on my face and then try to explain to the faculty that I'm a moron. But as I said early on, the Lord looks after fools and children. And so the mark went away because God knew that I needed to graduate and get out of college. So the Lord looks at like the fools and children. Fools, we know, but the children? I heard a comedian uh, do a routine recently where he said, I grew, up in a, I grew up in a day when children weren't special. And that got a big laugh out of the crowd because, you know, children are special now. But children really are special. And it's interesting that one of the unique things about Jesus' life and ministry was that in a day and age when children really were not valued, children were not really valued in Jesus' day. The fact that Jesus is so welcoming and so accommodating to children in his day really is out of turn with the culture of his day because children in Jesus' day really were not valued and really were not important. They were little more than property. That's why it's so amazing that Jesus would welcome the children to himself. He would take them up upon his knee and bless them. The fact that Jesus spent time with children, the fact that Jesus welcomed children really is amazing. And it's so out of step with the culture of Jesus' day because that's not what a teacher or a philosopher or a leader would have done. They, would, they really would not have valued this, this, the, the children. In a way that, Jesus, like way that Jesus did. So children matter to Jesus. And I think that sets the example for us now as the church. Um, one of the questions that John Wesley insisted, and in in one of the questions that we as Methodist clergy answer when we're ordained is, will we spend time with children? Will we, will we spend time with children? That was one of the things that Wesley insisted his preachers do. In fact, there's a story in one of Wesley's journals where he's asked the question, and one of the, one of the people, persons he's talking to says that he did not feel called to spend time with children, to which Wesley responded, well, then you were not called to be a Methodist pastor. That's part of our expectation as Methodist clergy persons is that we are called to spend time with children. And so the last two Sundays— um, last Sunday was Lady Sunday. This Sunday was Children's Sabbath. I think are important for the whole of the church because it's so easy to see the job of church and the work of church as the domain of the clergy and the domain of the staff. That's why Lady Sunday is important because it reminds us that. There's just one of me, y'all. There's a whole bunch of y'all. The church, yeah, the clergy and leadership matter. They do. But the laity matter, y'all. We can't do this without you. We can't do this without you. It takes you inviting and witnessing and giving and serving and being the church for the church to really be what God wants it to be. And and so that's a temptation is to make, make the church. Very staff and very clergy heavy and very staff, very clergy-oriented. And that's that's not that's not the way God intends it. Lady Sunday reminds us of the great importance of our lady. We can't do this without our lay people. The church is not about me. The church is about Jesus. But it takes all of us, me and you together, working on this to make this happen. Lady matter. You, you matter. But it's just as equal, it's just as an equal a danger is to make the church the domain of adults. Well, adults are what matters. Adults are what we should be focusing on. Adults matter. Adults are about the church. Adults are the leaders. And that's not the case either. Children matter. And children have a place in our church, and, and I've said this, I, I, have, I have in my ministry, I have chased down parents after the service when I've seen that their child may have cried a little bit or made some racket, and chased them down and said, don't you ever worry about your child making a noise in church. Don't, don't ever worry about that. Because this church is their church. This church is their church. And I can tell you as a preacher, I've never heard your children make a racket, ever. That's not the way we're wired. We don't hear your children. So don't ever stress about that, y'all. If you're a young mom, young dad, a single mom, a family, whatever, wherever you find yourself, I can't speak for anyone else. I can only speak for me as the pastor, lead pastor here and I speak for our church. Don't ever, please, 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 please don't ever feel bad about your children being children. Don't ever feel bad about that, y'all. A church without the noise of children is a church that's dying. And may St. Matthew's never have an uninterrupted service. May we never have an uninterrupted service. Our kids matter a ton. So I'm thankful for that. They have to find their place, though, for ch- in church. And so that's why I think today's passage is one, it's one of the more interesting passages of all Scripture. And it, you've heard it. You've heard this passage a lot. If you're like me, you've heard this, priest, this passage preached on a lot. But maybe th- uh, th- th- there's, a, there's no phrase to contempt of familiarity. Sometimes you've heard a passage so many times. or You've heard it spoke on so many times. You've heard it preached on so many times. You don't really pay attention to it. And I'll be very honest with you. That's kind of how I was with this passage but it was in the reading of this passage that something jumped out to me that I'd never noticed before. I, I promise, I've never noticed this before. You see the conversation about the hand and the foot. In fact, let me let me let me read it to you. Let me let me, let me I want you to, I want you to hear this part again. I want you to hear what it's saying here, where it says this, where um, it, it where 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 the hand the hand is talking about the hand is having a conversation with itself and and talking and uh. And it says this, it says, Indeed, the body does not consist of one member, but of many. For the foot would say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less a part of the body. I always hear this passage and I think about it in the regards of one, somebody lording over its, its power and ability and, and prestige over another part. I think of this being a greater than part of the body saying, ha ha, you're not like me. Oh, so you're not a singer, so you're not as important, or you're not a preacher, so you're not as important, or you don't have the gift that I have, so you're not as important. My gift is the pan- ultimate, a penultimate gift. My gift matters the most. My gift is what counts. That's how I've always. Heard this passage in my mind and seen this passage as a call to humility. Because that is in there, by the way. That's in there. But what struck me about that was this. Is it says, hmm, because I'm not that. Because I'm not that. It says, the foot says, because I'm not the hand, I do not belong to the body. This is the foot saying, Golly, if I was a hand, then I would matter. If I was a hand, then I matter. Because I'm not a hand, I don't matter. And so when I heard it in that way, I thought, that's where we all are, aren't we? Man, I can't sing, so I don't matter. I can't preach, so I don't matter. I don't have that gift, so I don't matter. So Paul, on one hand, is telling gifts that are visible and seen as important, not to get too arrogant. But Paul's also telling the the, the gifts and the parts that aren't seen as as important to say, no, you matter. And sometimes our role is really important in life of the church, but we don't feel like it is. And Paul here is saying, said no. Just because you're not somebody else, that doesn't matter. Don't worry about being a hand. If you're not a hand, be the best foot you can be, because the body needs feet. Just because you're not a singer, that doesn't matter. Just because you're not a preacher, that doesn't matter. Just because you're not an usher, that doesn't matter. Just because you're not a teacher, that doesn't matter. No gift is more important to the body than any other gift, because the body needs every gift we have. In this stewardship season, no gift is greater than another gift. No gift matters more than another gift. No talent matters more than another talent. Each of them matter. Each of them are important. And the body needs all of them. No matter what your gift is, no matter what your talent is, no matter what your strength is, no matter what you do, the body needs you. The body is not complete apart from you, apart from your gifts, Apart from your talents, apart from your strengths, the body is not the body without you. You matter. St. Matthew's needs you. No matter what your talent is, no matter whether you feel like your talent matters and is important, or whether you feel like your talent doesn't matter, your gift matters. Your gift matters. The church needs you, friends. The church needs your talents. The church needs your abilities. And it doesn't matter what it is. The church needs teachers, CPAs. The church needs ditch diggers. The church needs doctors. The church needs all of us and our church is not complete without you our church is not complete without you inviting others if you're watching this online only if you on, if you if you watch this online share this that's one of the most effective tools you have right now i'd love for everybody who watched this video to share it watch this service to share it share it with somebody on facebook or on social media share the service people need to see it that's a tool that you can use to share the good news. Your gifts matter. The church needs you. The church is not complete without you. But here's the other thing, y'all. You need the church. And you need to use your gift. Because if you're not using it, you're not really living out your completeness. And you're not really living out what God's called you to do. I've been reading a lot recently about the transfiguration. It's funny, certain, certain stories get kind of put on your heart. And I, I've been reading a lot recently about the transfiguration. Transfiguration is a beautiful story in Matthew and Luke where I've been reading it out. In fact, if you, if you, uh, if you watched our devotionals uh, online this past week, you know Friday I talked about the transfiguration. And um, it's a beautiful story about where the disciples see God's glory. But then the story ends where the disciples leaving this glorious moment to go back to the world to be faithful. Your giftedness doesn't just, you don't just have it to have it. And they all saw this little light of mine, hide it under a bushel, no. I'm gonna let it shine. The church needs you, yes. The church is not complete without you, but you're not complete without the church either. I'm not complete without the church. It isn't just that the church needs needs your gifts, needs your tithes, needs your offerings, but we're not really living until we're given. We're not really faithful to being faithful. Your gift is not truly being used to the best of its potential until you used it for the kingdom, until you used it for the body of Christ, to use it for God's glory. And listen, y'all, I'm not— huh, my friend Jamie up there is in the sound booth right now. I bet when this whole COVID mess started, he didn't know he was any good at technology and any good at recording stuff. But I'm telling you, y'all, I, I say this all the time. I don't want to give Jimmy the, Jamie the big head, but everybody said, oh, Andy, we appreciate all you've done with technology. I, I could have done this without Jamie. I couldn't have. He's used that ability. If you're watching this right now, it's one of the reasons, because Jamie's worked so hard to make it happen. That's a gift. Technology's a gift. Worship is a gift. Service is a gift. These things are gifts. And yes, the church needs it. But you need to use it. You need to use it. I had a a, a physical therapist friend of mine tell me one time that I don't remember the number. I'm not even going to try to quote the numbers because I'm going to get them wrong. But basically, every day you spend bed bound when you're sick, you lose a percentage of your ability to move. And the longer you stay in bed... The more of your ability that you use, you get more of the ability that you lose. That's why, that's why when you go to the hospital, they're always, they're always getting you up moving because they don't want you to lose any of that. They want you to keep going, keep going, keep going. And the longer you lay there, the more of it you lose. How are you using what God gave you? How are you using your gifts? Because you're not using them to the fullness of your potential. They're using it for the kingdom. These kids have served today, y'all. They've read Scripture. They've sung. They've told us the stories of Jesus. The Bible says a little child will lead them. These kids are leading us, y'all. Our children and our youth are leading us. What about us? For those of us that are adults, where are we going to find our place? Where are we going to serve? Where are we going to give? Where are we going to be faithful? The body needs you. It does. We are lesser without you. We are lesser without you. but you need the body. You need the body. Because if we don't have something bigger than ourselves to live for, then we're not really living. One of the things I love to say is that if you, I, can, I can give you the secret for how to be miserable in life. It's very simple. Here's the secret of how to be miserable in life. Live only for yourself. If you live only for your wants and your desires and your stuff, you may gain it, you may get it, it's possible. But you'll be miserable. You want to truly live? You want to truly live? Live for something greater than yourself. Live for Jesus. Live through his church. Live. Give your life away. And if you do that, then you'll truly know what it means to live. Today, the body needs you. And you need the body. By God's grace, may we serve in a way that gives him the glory. In a way that builds our faith. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for these children and for their leadership and for their service today, God. We thank you for our church, for the great things you're doing here in St. Matthews, God. Use us. Use every person listening to the sermon, every person that's worshiping with us today, God. Use us for your glory. Use us for the upbuilding of your kingdom, O oh God, so that all the world can come to know you as Lord. We love you. We ask it in Jesus' sweet and holy name. Amen.